My Car Guru, episode 229. Well, hello and welcome to this edition of My Car Guru. My name is Lenny Lawson, and I am a new car dealer with a twist, as I normally say. I am um, one of those dealers who been doing this a long time and have seen a lot of the ills that, that give people, I guess, heartburn when they go to buy something or get service. I've actually seen those beha- the behaviors that cause the difficulties. I've seen them in my own dealership over the years and fought to correct them. And, you know, even though, you know, I am a car guru and I have run a business for 40-some years, uh, we still don't always do everything right. And that's one of the things that I really appreciate about connecting with customers, connecting with people on a little bit more than just a transactional basis. I mean, I I really enjoy, let me rephrase this, I really appreciate a complaint because that's an opportunity to save the relationship. You know, I don't like getting chewed out. You know, I don't like somebody creating a scene or something like that. It's a shame that, that people behave that way. Um, you know, they behave that way at children's basketball games. I heard, I was reading some, a Facebook post about some people just really upset because, you know, at a second grade, uh, second graders playing basketball and it erupted into a fist fight among the parents. Is that not just insane? But our society has kind of gotten that way. We need to, to dial it down a little bit and you really don't know what somebody's going through, you know, in their life when they do go off. They could have just lost somebody. They could be in a really bad mood because of some particular other situation, totally unrelated to you, but they go off on you. And it's because uh, maybe you didn't do what, what you said you were going to do. Maybe you they had to bring the vehicle in more than once to get it fixed, whatever the reason. You know, I really work with my service advisors to be very open and, and uh, willing to accept a I don't know, a complaint. Uh, If you've got somebody that's in your face, that's different. You know, call the manager. Call me out of the office, and I'll calm that situation down. Because some people just, gosh, one thing you can't do, you can't say, sir, you need to calm down. Because I've that's kind of like throwing gasoline on the flame when you do that. Don't you tell me what I need to do. You know, not that they would all have such a country accent. I'm a little down today. Um, I don't know if it, you can tell it, but I lost a dog last night, and I went home and and was getting the dog food ready. And I have we had these two little chihuahuas, and and um, uh, walked over to the pen. I couldn't figure out why she wouldn't come out and and eat her food. And there she was, all curled up inside her little nest, and she had passed away. And, and um, you know, those little critters get into your heart. And I've, we've all lost dogs and cats and pets. And, you know, I think if you're a dog person, you're okay by me. If, uh, if you hate dogs, then I don't, you know, I don't, I guess that you have the right to do it. Maybe you were attacked at some point when you were a kid, but I need dogs. You know, I need that unconditional love that I get from my pets. And I've seen some that aren't, you know, real loving, but normally to their owners, they are. And, um, so when you have a dog that sleeps on your lap, you know, as you watch TV or whatever every night for 15 years, and then all of a sudden you're digging a hole in the ground at our dog cemetery, which is on my property, uh, it will 
affect you. So I'm affected, but I'm going to carry on because uh, we, you know, we have to, right? I mean, we when we have bad things happen, we have to carry on. And so uh, today, I want to talk about some specific things that I think will be of benefit to you. Uh, my daughter just bought a house, and you know, I know that has nothing to do with cars, but it has a lot to do with the things that you need to think about when, especially when you buy a used car, but, but any car. And I'll get on that here in just a minute. Okay, I'm back. I know most of you have bought a house. If not, you may still be renting or have rented a house from the get-go. You know, there are many benefits to home ownership and, and some downsides as well. But, uh, you know, buying a house is a can be kind of risky, right? I mean, if you buy a house that has a lot of issues, especially if the foundation is not good or, you know, it has some structural issues, those are the worst. You know, and then you get into some expensive HVAC problems and... Um, you know, plumbing issues and stuff like that. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that can end up costing you a whole lot of money and take a long time to fix. So when people buy a new house, they get a home inspection, right? And hopefully you're getting one by somebody who really knows what they're talking about. Well, Abby got somebody who really knew what they were talking about. Very good. And uh, we actually were there when he was doing his inspection. And it was amazing to me the things that he found. Now, this is a relatively, well, it's about a 16-year-old house. And, but it had some issues that are a little bit surprising in some ways, but most of them were minor. But, man, he found them all. And when you're buying a car, especially a used car, uh, you want to make sure that it doesn't have any issues. And if it does, you know, you want to make sure that you get them addressed before you drive it off the lot. So let me give you a couple scenarios that, that you might want to uh, pay attention to. And they may have happened to you, and it, they may happen to you in the future, and what you should do about it. So as you know, I'm an advocate of buying used cars from new car dealers. And one of the reasons I say that is the new the used car business is very important to new car dealers. If it weren't for the used car business, there wouldn't be many new car dealers because you cannot make enough money just selling new cars. I know that seems crazy to you, but believe it. Most dealers make their living uh, selling used cars or make most of their profit selling used cars and then in their service and parts and if they have a body shop business. The new car department is typically not tremendously profitable in the average dealership. Now, there are brands where that is absolutely not the case. Uh, but if you're selling a domestic brand like a Chevrolet or a Buick or a Ford or something, if you don't have your service department and your used car department, you're not going to make any money. So, it's important to new car dealers. Plus, new car dealers typically sell trade-ins. So it's a vehicle that has come off of trade or on trade on a new vehicle. So that's the number one source. The other source is they go to auctions and buy trade-ins from other dealers. And many times when they bring them back, they put those cars through the same kind of process to make sure that they're ready to sell. I don't know any new car dealers that sell used cars that don't go to a pretty high level of reconditioning and evaluation on used cars. And one of the reasons for that is they want to turn used car buyers eventually into new car buyers. Well, if the used car buyer has a bad experience, then they're probably not going to come back and buy a new car. They also want those customers to come back for service. And so they are motivated 
to you know stock really nice, well-detailed cars so that the customers don't have a lot of issues. The other thing is they want to protect their reputation. And because the new car business is such a visible business online as far as uh, comments and Google and customer satisfaction scores and all that stuff, uh, there are a lot of ways that a customer can hurt a new car dealer who is very protective of his reputation, and he doesn't want to have issues. Are there exceptions to that? Yes. When you buy from a really, really high-volume store in a, in a large, larger community, it's possible that you could just become kind of a number to them. You've probably experienced that before. Uh, that's why, why I'm a fan of buying uh, new cars or used cars from mid-sized dealers on down, e- even small new car dealers. I think they, they work a little harder to make sure that you're satisfied. Your experience may say something totally different from that, but based on my 45 years of being in the car business and all the different dealers that I know, and also the fact that so many dealerships are being bought up by large dealer groups and they're putting non-owners in charge of running those individual dealerships, that changes the culture a little bit. That changes the culture of really focusing on the customer experience and customer satisfaction versus just profit. Because I'm, I'm t- these large dealer groups, all they care about is the bottom line. Now, they want you to have a good CSI, a good customer satisfaction score, but many times they cheat on those. They actually pay customers to fill out surveys. Now, is that allowed? No, it's not allowed, but they do it anyway. So, you know, I'm a big advocate also of buying, as I say, buying vehicles from people that you know, uh, people in your community. You know, if you have to go out of town to buy a particular brand or whatever, you find something online, fine. Um, If it's being sold at some used car lot someplace, I'm going to be a little concerned. I'm going to be real concerned. Uh, I would much rather buy it from either an individual that I know and trust and and have a good feeling about, or I want to buy from a new car dealer. And I am a new car dealer. Does that sound like I'm being biased? Well, it may sound like it, but I'm not. I'm telling you like it is. That's what I do on this radio show or this podcast or however you're listening to it. I'm just glad you're listening because, you know, I'm going to, my goal is to save you time, trouble, and a whole lot of money. And if you buy a used car, there's certain things that you, you need to make sure that you do. Just like a home inspection, you need to get that car inspected, especially if you're buying it from an individual or from some little used car lot on the corner. You know, they're selling with a little trailer on a gravel lot, but they dress it up with streamers and flags. Looks good. Uh, You may think that's a cheaper place to buy a used car, and maybe you would save a little bit of money. I don't know. But there ain't no telling where that car came from. You know what cars car dealers take to the auction to sell most of the time? Now, unless you're buying from Hertz or Avis or one of these big off-lease companies, which is who most new car dealers buy from, All the other used car dealers, their only source of vehicles are either at the auction or what they can buy from from individuals. The cars that they're buying from at the auction are the ones that the new car dealers didn't want to sell because they had either multiple issues with the car. It has a checkered past. You know, there's some kind of an issue. Is this always the case? No, it's not always the case. But to me, it is the case often enough 
to scare me off from wanting to do business with, you know, an independent used car dealer. I'm sorry if you're an independent used car dealer, but and you may be the best one in the world, and I have known some doozies. I mean, some really good ones, but the vast majority of them are, you know, are not that great, so you got to be careful. So if you're buying that used car and you think it's a good deal, let's say you're trying to buy a Jeep, you know, for one of your youngins, and um, you're buying it from a, an individual get the thing inspected by a qualified mechanic. And, and what are you looking for? The first thing I'm going to look look for, I'm, I'm going to pull the Carfax and the auto check to make sure it doesn't have any uh, listed history. But that doesn't always tell the story. You know, there are a lot of people that, that will wreck a used car or wreck a car, and rather than turn it into their insurance company, they'll just have it repaired and pay cash for it. So it won't affect the history on their car. It won't show up on a Carfax. And the reason they don't want it to show on a Carfax is because it affects the price that somebody would would want to pay for it later on. So you want to get that car inspected by somebody who knows body work and can see, you know, if it's been damaged. You know, is the frame bent? Uh, Does the car track good going down the road? I mean, the only way to really inspect a car is to put it up on a lift, you know, and get an LED light and walk around and have somebody that knows what they're looking for look for issues. You want to look for you know, leaks, any type of oil leak or transmission leak. You want to make sure that that you don't see any uh, signs of frame damage or where the the, uh, inner panels of the body have been crumpled and repaired. You might have a brand new fender or quarter panel on it, maybe even a new door skin. But there's probably, there could be damage on the inside. And typically, a lot of body shops that are really into fixing things fast, they don't spend a lot of time Bent, uh, beating out the dents that are inside of a trunk, and you will see that damage. You can see it. If it doesn't look uniform on both sides, then there may be an issue. Now, unfortunately, you there are no x-ray machines for engines. You know, it'd be nice if you could, you know, just like go get an MRI, you know, to make sure you don't have kidney stones or, you know, a, your, how badly broken your bone is. Can't do that with a car. Uh, the only thing that you can do are external tests to test the internal condition of the engine. One of those tests is called a compression test, and basically it, it will tell you if the engine is holding the level of compression when, when the piston goes all the way up and you got maximum compression in that cylinder, that it tells you if any of the valves are leaking or are bad in any way, which can lead to poor engine performance and oil usage. I'm not buying a used car that's older than five years without doing a compression test, especially if it has a lot of miles on. Now, if it's still under warranty, I'm not doing a compression test, you know, but if it's out of warranty, I'm, I'm concerned about that. You know, you got to be careful with certain makes and models, you know, do the research on problems. Like for example, if you were to buy a, anywhere from a 10 year old Hyundai on up to uh, several years ago, they were having tremendous amounts of engine failures. And you may own a Hyundai that that has had to have the engine replaced. It's a very common thing for them. You know, other brands have other issues. I remember Ford had a big issue with uh, diesel engines, the 6.0 diesel and the 6.4 diesel. They they gave Ford a very bad reputation uh, because of a a number of different reasons. Now, there are ways to mitigate that now. They can take a 6.0 engine and turn it into a, a remarkable engine but they have to do a lot of changes, and it's very expensive to do it. 
So, you know, if you're thinking about buying a diesel engine vehicle or, you know, a high-performance car, you know, something that, especially if it has high miles, always get a compression test done. And, of course, you always want to look at the safety-related things, braking, you know, the condition of the brakes, um, you know, the you want to make sure that the air conditioning is cooling down to the level that it should. There's, I mean, it's just a, it's a full inspection. If you want to, if you're looking at a used car and you want to see everything that needs to be checked, you need to come by Gateway Ford and let me give you one of our uh, inspection forms that we use whenever we change oil on somebody's car. We always do a full inspection on every car, and we don't charge any more for an oil change than anybody else does. But we do a more thorough inspection because I require my people to do that. I always feel like I have a responsibility to do that. I mean, if somebody's going down the road right after they got their oil changed at my dealership and their car won't stop, or, you know, they've got a, a radiator hose that blows off all of a sudden, who are they going to blame? They're going to blame me, even though I didn't have anything to do with it. But, you know, we didn't inspect that. Now, anything can go wrong at any time. And a lot of the things that happen aren't the, the dealer's fault. But, you know, I've seen it happen many times. Somebody gets their car serviced, and then they pick it up, and then something happens. And it may be totally unrelated to, to maybe on the complete other end of the car, but who are they going to blame? They're going to blame the dealer. And most of the time what I do in those circumstances, I explain to them, you know, what the situation is, but... You know, as long as it's a reasonable thing, I'll either do it at cost or I'll just eat it. Because as I've said many times to me, I'm my goal is to preserve the relationship. You know, do I want to lose a customer over a blown headlight bulb? You know, we may have been working on the rear differential, but their headlight went out and they said, what did you do to my car? What did you do to my headlight? Well, we probably didn't do anything, but I'll put in a new headlight. So those things happen. But the final thing that you need to make sure gets done is don't have them just check the car, have them drive the car with you. You want an experienced mechanic uh, test driving that vehicle to see if they feel anything unusual in the engine or the way the transmission shifting or, you know, if they hear any like weird noises like uh, wheel bearing that might be going bad or they feel any strange vibrations. And then you go back to the dealer with this report and say, okay, I will uh, buy this car at the price we've agreed to, but I want you to fix this, 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 and this. And they may say no. More than likely, they'll say yes. But guess what? If you don't ask and you didn't have the vehicle inspected, you're going to end up eating all of that stuff. And it's better to take, you know, make sure that it uh, gets fixed before you take delivery of the car. If they owe you anything, Make sure that you get it in writing. My brother owns a uh, 2016 Chevrolet Corvette, and he took it to a dealership in Knoxville, Tennessee, to get it serviced. Now, he has a, a different type of, it's called a dry sump system on his vet. It's, a, it's like if you're going to race the vehicle or do track time, you got to have a special type of oil system that will allow the vehicle to maintain proper oil pressure when you're racing it which he seldom does. But anyway, the normal Corvette engine, without this dry sump, uh, will, have, uh, will hold about six quarts of oil. His holds 10. Now, he has had it serviced like seven times by this, uh, this dealership in Knoxville. Well, uh, he just never really looked until this time, 
and he noticed on the repair order that it said that they serviced it and they used six quarts of oil. Whoa. He knew that wasn't right. He turned around. No, I take that back. He went all the way home, pulled out all of his other repair orders, and on every single oil change that he has had, they didn't change all the oil out. They only drained out six quarts out of the engine. They didn't bother with the sump, which had another four quarts in it. So he was mixing six quarts of of Mobile One oil that was clean and new with four quarts that was dirty. Would you like that? What would you do about that? Well, here's what I told him to do. Well, I'll tell you here in just a minute. Sorry I made you wait for that, but, you know, he called the car guru, who also happens to be his brother. He said, Lenny, what should I do? I said, here's what you should do. Go into the dealership and ask to speak to the general manager, not a service advisor, not the service manager, but the general manager. And he did that. And they sat down, they had a little conversation. He had all of his evidence there. He was nice. I said, Wendell, don't be mad, just be nice and explain it to him. And they apologized all over themselves. Um, They had no excuse for what they did. But what they did do was said, if you have any problems with your engine going forward, uh, we'll, we'll stand good for it. And he called me and said, what do you think about this? And I said, Wendell, that's not worth anything. I said, unless they put it in writing. So I went back to him and I said, or I told him what to ask for. I said, what you need is get them to put a five-year, 100,000-mile, from the mileage that it has on it right now, five-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty on that, and to cover you for any oil-related issues that happen in that period of time. Will they do that? Well, they won't do it if you don't ask, but I think you have the right to ask. Guess what? They did it. They put it in writing. It's on their letterhead signed by the general manager, and now he feels all warm and fuzzy. So, you know, those are the kind of things that I can help you with, you know, how to buy a used car, things you want to make sure that you get checked. Uh, If you have an issue with a, a repair or, you know, you're thinking about buying something, you want to know what your car's worth, just let me know. Uh, my phone number, 423-552-2020. That's the Guru Hotline and also my cell phone. And uh, you can send me an email to mycarguru2020 at gmail.com. Or you can just do it yourself, you know, and see how it goes based on your experience. I'll be glad to help you, though. Thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru, and I will see you next time.